Greetings everyone, and welcome to the GameSpeak. The GameSpeak is your weekly gaming podcast where I break down the biggest and latest news in the video game industry. My name is Hui, and I'm the host of the show. You can find the GameSpeak on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and CastBox. As always, if you have any questions or feedback about the show, please feel free to submit them on CastBox. And also, if you want to, you can also do it on my Facebook page, which is just called The GameSpeak. I'm not very active on the Facebook page, but um, I will definitely check if there's anyone who's submitted any questions regarding the show. And I will be happy to answer whatever you might have written in at Facebook or CastBox. As always, if you like what you hear or what you're going to hear, please consider subscribing to the show or just leave a really nice review on Apple Podcast and Spotify and also CastBox. It really helps the show out a lot. So yeah, welcome to episode 85 of the GameSpeak. It's been a while and uh, this one is just going to be me with myself. And for new listeners, sometimes I will bring on a guest onto the show to help me talk about game topics or current events that's happening in the game industry. But yeah, in this week's episode or in this month's episode <laughs> and in, in this particular case, it's just going to be me and I'm going to go through a lot of, um, yeah, a, a bit outdated news, but it's been a while since I've done an episode like this, so I think it would be um, it would be interesting for me to just give you all my quick hot takes on actually a lot of articles, newest articles, but so you just kind of get my perspective on things and hopefully that will provide you with some information and uh, entertainment as well. So yeah, welcome to episode 85. And as always, before we go into the news, I will just like to talk a bit about the games that I've been playing since the last time. And the first game that I gotta talk about is Hogwarts Legacy. So. The last time I spoke about the game was actually in the previous episode, funny enough, uh, where I had uh, my friend Kasper Porsche on, on the show. And I, yeah, he also had it, so we, so we kind of gave you all like our first impressions of the game, which was like around 40 minutes. But yeah, so since then I've uh, completed the main story and I'm now on track to, uh, to get the Platinum Trophy for the game on my PS5. And yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good game. I think if you're a Harry Potter fan, this is gonna be right up your alley. And um, I think you're gonna have a really, really nice time with the game, if that's the case. But but like objectively, I would say the game is, uh, it, it's it's a really great open world RPG. It's uh, like, it, it, it reminded me a lot of Witcher 3 in, in the best possible ways, more than I, I kind of expected. And yeah, I think, uh, Overall, I was very happy with the experience, and um, I, li- I think the world is very beautifully created, especially the uh, Hogwarts Castle itself. I think that's definitely the 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 best part of the game. Uh, I think um, I think the characters, some of the students that you meet out the, meet throughout the game, are really interesting. Some of them are interesting, and, and and it's nice that when you go to these different classes throughout the main story, that you will you have the chance to get to know uh, actually a lot of your fellow students. I think that's very nice. I will say I think the weakest part about the game is definitely the main story. It never really managed to get its hook into me, like deep into me, to be honest. I thought it was just like, all right, but I could have used a bit more, I don't know, plot twist or I don't know. But but 
it's not like like it wasn't like it was a bad story I just didn't feel like it was such like a super interesting story uh, I would say the uh, the the kind of the other storylines that are connected to the some of the side quests and um, side characters I found those stories to be actually more emotionally interesting and just overall more engaging and yeah there's like also a, a big town in the like like more, more like a village in in the game that's called Hogsmeads it's right next to Hogwarts and uh, that city is also very detailed I think the villages and especially the castle are so detailed and um, that's something I really appreciate appreciate and, it, and it's so clear and something that I mentioned in earlier episodes is that it's very clear that the people who made this game definitely are huge Harry Potter fans and, that, and that's very clear to feel throughout the entire game experience and yeah the combat is also uh, very good like it's uh, just like it, there's a lot of depth uh, to the combat it takes some time to get used to it because you are able to uh, switch around like the spells and, and how you kind of assign different spells so you have to find your own system but uh, after, like, after you kind of get used to to the system that you figured out yourself the, the, the combat for me at least what I've experienced like it's very like it enables you to be very creative with how you approach every combat scenario and I think that's very nice um yeah and uh I yeah the so so as I as I mentioned I'm, I'm planning on getting all the trophies and so far I just need to yeah it's like a lot of uh, cleaning up so we just finish the remaining side quest stories and then just acquire the many collectibles so I think it's gonna be a a very chill trophy list to to complete so that's gonna be fun uh, i haven't been doing kind of making a lot of progress in that front but i hope hopefully after this recording i will get back to play a bit more of hogwarts legacy so yeah hogwarts legacy legacy a very good game i'm not sure if i'm gonna have a spoiler cast about the game but uh we'll see and yeah, and then the next game that I've been playing is actually uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And yeah, this is uh, definitely one of the best sandbox games. Uh, a lot of people call it uh, the best game of all time. And I don't I don't blame people for, for kind of stating that. Um, so the reason why I'm playing Zelda Breath of the Wild is that the sequel to the game is going to be out this year in, uh, in May. I don't, I don't remember the exact date but in may this year so it's very soon and yeah i um i, ju- I just had the uh, somehow i just got the the urge to to kind of revisit the uh, different the breath of the wild and yeah it's um like the game is for me it, like it's kind of like wine like the more i think think about it the better it gets um i was definitely a bit skeptical when it came out uh, when it initially got released for the switch because so many people were praising it and then just calling it like a masterpiece and and just like the best game of all time and 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 then I played it and and it was definitely a good game but like the game was like far from perfect but uh, it's been some years since I last played the game and yeah I gotta say it's uh, like just like the freedom and the way that the game enables the player to interact with the uh, the game world and how everything kind of Affects affect each other. It, it it's uh, it, it's it's really incredible, and it's a shame we haven't seen a lot of similar games um, since then. Like the last game, like like actually next game that I'm gonna talk about, actually do 
take a lot of inspiration from Breath of the Wild. But yeah, uh, I'm just uh, starting new games in Breath of the Wild, and um, yeah, just just trying to uh, experience, experience, re-experience one of some of those uh, some of those wonder that I had the first time that I played through the game. So it's very exciting. I, I I'm still in the uh, starting area of the game. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm very excited for for the sequel that's coming out in a in a few months, and for me, like if I just hope it's gonna be like a new map, because I've heard rumors that they're gonna basically re- reuse the, the the map from from the first game, but um, and also just a, a a more engaging story. I think if if, if they can do those two two things, I don't think I have any complaints to be honest. So yeah, very excited for that. The next game that I've been playing is Immortals Phoenix Rising. This is a game from Ubisoft. Uh, I think more specifically is from Ubisoft Quebec or something. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's about um, like it's uh, like the setting is in the Greek mythology. You you are playing this character called Phoenix, and uh, you can kind of you can choose how he or she will look. Uh, but yeah, it's. Um, it's kind of like an own world RPG, like like it's very clear that it's made in the same engine as um, the uh, latest Assassin's Creed RPGs like Odyssey and uh, Valhalla. So it definitely feels a lot of like those kind of games, but uh, the uh, art style is a bit more cartoonish and uh, the em- emphasis on in the game is definitely about ex- exploration and uh, solving puzzles. Um, so. The combat is very similar to what you will find in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but the exploration and puzzle solving is basically taken from uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and also how to climb. You have a stamina meter, and uh, yeah, I've, I've I've I think I played two hours of the game, so I just left the kind of like tutorial zone, and uh, I gotta say it's um, it, it's more enjoyable that I kind of um, hope. So this so the so the re- so the way I'm I'm get- playing this game is that I'm playing it through my PlayStation Plus uh, premium subscription. But yeah, it's actually pretty fun, and uh, I, I I could see myself complete completing the game and also maybe getting the uh, platinum trophy uh, because that's uh, sound to be a pretty straightforward one as well. And uh, the game is around thirty to forty hours long, so it's not a short game, but it's definitely not a. Uh, kind of a, a beefy game like um, Elden Ring or Valhalla, but yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising. So far, it's uh, I'm having a good time with the game. All right, moving on to the last game that I want to talk about for this month's episode of GameSpeak will be Diablo 4 Open Beta. So as of recording uh, this episode, Diablo 4 just had its kind of open beta for everybody on the current. Consoles and also last gen consoles. I've played around four hours with uh, t- two of my friends uh, uh, yesterday. I like it, yeah, and uh, it was. Um, we had a great time actually. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's very fun. It's definitely like so. I don't have a lot of experience with the prior Diablo games. I played a bit of um, one and two, like like very little. Um, and also a little bit of, a bit of free. I actually think I played the open beta for Diablo Three when it was released, like many years ago at this point. Uh, but but yeah, I think Force is very good. I think the graphics are very very nice. Uh, it's very polished, but that's what you would expect from a Blizzard game. 
I think the combat is very straightforward and um, and very fun and uh, yeah I think the, the the main hook about Diablo is the um, the journey to get better always getting better gear so there's so much uh, so much gear that you will get throughout the um, the game and, and and it's also a bit more hardcore RPG in sense in in the sense of that like the game doesn't really handhold the player too much as what you would be used to in games these days um yeah uh so so that's uh, that's interesting that that some of the um, game decisions are still very much rooted in older traditional RPGs uh, such as um, every time you complete a quest you have to go back to the one that they kind of gave you the guest uh, the quest to receive um um yeah your rewards but i, I would say the uh, the the co-op experience so far has been really nice the game is really good at kind of scaling the difficulty uh, in regard to how many players you are on the in, in your party and uh, and then the way that that everybody kind of progresses the story together is also very um uh, seamless like like uh, me and my, me and my friends we didn't had a kind of troubles figuring out like oh so like making making sure that everybody's on the same page uh, with the quest that we were currently doing so all of that just kind of works sim- seamlessly and it seems to be shared between the uh, party members which i think is uh, very nice um yeah, the combat is really great. Uh, I think um, after four hours, uh, me and uh, one of my friends kind of noted that that the game is really fun, but it's also a bit um, maybe a bit too easy. So I think if we are planning on uh, on buying the game when it's released, and I I think in May in, in May month as well, I think we're gonna play it on a bit uh, maybe harder difficulty because um, the only place where we kind of the two only um, cases where we kind of felt challenges. The first one is that we we were all level seven and we discovered uh, a level zone where you had to be level twenty five. So we got our ass kicks, our asses kicked pretty, pretty rough. And um, the second time was like um, we were doing a a main com- uh, campaign quest and the boss. And then the end boss was kind of uh, a bit challenging, uh, but that's because we were kind of used to just, I guess, uh, mindlessly go through all the uh, defaults. And um, with this one, we just have to think a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it, 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 it's been a, it's been a great experience, experience with the open beta so far. It's, um, it seems like when you reach a certain point in the game, it, it becomes like a live service game where you're able to meet other groups, other people and uh, participate in 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 live uh, random live events throughout the uh, game world and uh so and i've also seen videos that there's like a big dragon that really takes a lot of effort to to kill and it's like kind of a rape like a, a world boss or something uh i don't know if this is something that's also in the prior diablo games uh but that sounds interesting uh we didn't we didn't manage to um to experience that me and my friends uh, yesterday but uh, I, I like the idea. So uh, so far, I, I, I will have uh, my my experience with Diablo Four has been pretty good, and yeah, I'm definitely considering buying the game, and especially because there's like cross-play functionality. So I can play on my PS Five versions, and then play with my two other friends that 
that will play it on their PS4. So that's pretty nice. I will have to say though, uh, we did experience actually a lot of bugs. So we, we, we all we, we we all kind of experienced um, some some lag throughout our for, throughout our time with it. And I experienced twice that I was actually kicked out kicked out of the game session due to and I guess connection issues or something. And um, we, we all actually experienced those two bugs, um, not very frequently, but enough to to make it kind of impact our overall kind of impression with the game in a negative way. So yeah, that was all the games that I've been playing this time, or at least since the last recording. So let's go on, let's get on with the news. There's a lot of news, so... I'm not sure if you're gonna take everybody, but uh, all take all the news. But I'm definitely gonna just talk about the ones that I think would be interesting. The first one comes from Game Director, and the headline reads that PS PS5 Pro is uh, is planned to be released in the end of 2024. And this is uh, from insider Tom Henderson, as the article from Game Director reports that uh, yeah. A PS Pro version should be on its way and it should be released around fall next year. And uh, n- nothing more information about it, unfortunately. But yeah, I've yeah. So what I think about it, I think um, I'm not sure. Like I, I feel like the PS4, sorry, PS5 base version is pretty powerful so far. Um, yeah, I, I know that. Sony at the end, of, uh, sorry, at the beginning of of the uh, PS5, kind of promised that loading time would be a thing of the past, and for definitely most of their first party games, that's definitely true. But with like third party games such as Hogwarts Legacy, um, sometimes when you go through a door, you still have to wait a little bit. So I guess maybe that's also a question about the developer from Hogwarts Legacy. Maybe they didn't really. Uh, managed to utilize the, the, the power of the PS5 to its full potential. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I I don't... We'll, we will have to see what what kind of specs the PS5 Pro kind of have. Uh, but so far, I'm not planning on buying it. It, it. it was the same with the PS4 Pro. Like, um, I never really understood why they had a, that kind of version. Um, and from what I've heard around the internet and watching videos, it didn't, it didn't seem like the PS4 Pro made a big difference or or kind of had enough um, pros to to get people to buy it. So it's interesting that to see that Sony are still willing to to go with the same strategy in this uh, current console generation. Uh, and the next articles, once again, I think all of them, all these articles, articles will be from Game Raider. The next one uh, reads: uh, Hogwarts Legacy have surpassed the uh, total sales of um, Elden Ring in the England. And this is from Game Industry Biz. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to to think that. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy have already surpassed Elden Ring because Elden Ring was one of the biggest sales success story from last year. It it's like like every time a game that isn't a Call of Duty or FIFA game 
surpasses like 10 million copies sold. That's a very impressive feat. And uh, to to learn that that Hogwarts Legacy have now kind of surpassed Elden Ring, and I, I also know that the game has actually sold more than 12 million copies. It, it, it just goes to say how big of a IP um, her part is. And we also have to think about that the game isn't out for last-gen consoles and uh, Nintendo Switch as well. So so when you think about that, it's 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 very impressive. And I think Warner Brothers and uh, Avalanche Studio are very very satisfied with the uh, with how the game has performed. And hopefully, this this also means that we will much likely see a sequel of the game in the future, which will be very nice. So congrats to the team behind Hogwarts Legacy for this impressive feat. Moving on to the next article, uh, IO Interactive confirms that hit, uh, the Hitman franchise will now be in in, in pause, and um, this is so. This is from uh, this has been reported from uh, in, in an interview that they did with Eurogamer, and uh, yeah, it, it makes sense, right? Uh, Iron Interactive have kind of released three games in the rebooted Hitman series and they've announced that they will they are working on a James Bond game and more recently they also announced that they're working on a uh, fantasy MMO that's just right now called Project Fantasy. So they have a lot of a lot of things on their hands and they also just recently rolled out uh, a big update for Hitman where you can play I think it's called a freelance or something. It's it's kind of like a roguelike mode for the game, which sounds very interesting, and it's something that I should check out uh, very soon. But yeah, it's um, they've been working working on the Hitman series for for many years, and especially with the reboot, and they've done such a, a incredible job. So uh, it makes sense that they are now kind of yeah taking a pause on the game to be able to focus and assign resources to some of their other upcoming projects. So it's pretty nice. And another, just a third uh, article, uh, sorry, news about Iron Interactive. This is from their own official blog. And and it's just simply that that they've just opened a new game studio in Istanbul. So that's pretty nice. So it seems things are going really well for Iron Interactive. They have have the headquarters in Copenhagen. They also have an office in uh, in Malmö, Sweden. And... uh, in, in Barcelona and also now in Istanbul. So um, good for IO, IO Interactive. And uh, the next articles is once again from Game Director. The headline reads that uh, Neil Druckmann knows that the fans want, want Last of Us Part 3. And they and and this is uh, from an interview he did with WCCF uh, Tech, and yeah, he, he just kind of says that he, he he definitely knows what fans wants, but they already kind of decided on their next project, and um, yeah, he, he he can't say what it is, but um, but it's it's good to know that no longer working on a, on on their next project, which of course makes sense. Personally, I like I don't I don't have like I'm not in in a rush to get my hands on a Last of Us Part Three. I thought the um, Part Two had such a powerful ending, um, 
and and of course it kind of signifies that there could be another part uh, sorry uh, a kind of a, a next game in the franchise but just leaving it as it is right now is also a very powerful statement especially for where the main characters kind of end up and I won't say anymore in case you haven't played Last of Us 1 or 2 um, let's see and here we have another new article from Lonnie Dog. this is also from Game Directory the headline reads that uh, there will be more concrete details about the Last of Us multiplayer this year and this is from the same um, this is from another interview with um, Neil Druckmann and uh, yeah so, so this is actually an interview he did with uh, Kinda Funny and um, there's a quote in the article that I'm just gonna read out loud okay so here um, the Last of Us multiplayer game is our next big title and you will hear much more about it later this year I'm stoked for it this was a new experience for me personally because it's the first Last of Us game that I'm not the primary writer, I'm not a director, so I get to see it more from the side while I'm in a producer role or a mentor role. That is exciting. What the team has put together is so cool. It's very different from what I would have do because I, I was made because it was made by, by different people. But that to me is part of the excitement. I get to see other people play in this world, in a leadership role, and see how it comes together. I can't wait to be able to show it off. So yeah, it's uh it, it, it's definitely been a couple of years like I think yeah, it's I think they announced it around the same time part 2 came out which was like in 2020 so it's been like 3 years so it it, 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 it seems like the game is uh, shaping up to be a pretty big title and um, just looking back in the uh, in, in the history of Nordog games like they Nordog are pretty they used to be pretty fast at, at kind of producing just high-level AAA games. So just to learn that they've spent around three years on a multiplayer component to The Last of Us is very exciting. And um, what I've been able to read around um, uh, on the internet from other interviews, Neil Druckmann or just Nordlog in general, it seems like the game will be very much narrative-driven while also having the option to play with friends. Um, and the big question is, of course, will you be able to play with just one friend or with two friends? And I really hope that that you will be able to play with three friends, because that for me will be just perfect. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I I can't wait to to learn more about the game later this year, and hopefully we'll get uh, the game this year. Hopefully, we'll have to see. We know that PlayStation are planning on. I think they said something. They want to release five to ten new live service games by the end of 2024 which is such an ambitious yeah milestone to to reach but yeah we'll have to see and another quick news is once again from game director this is a rumor so we don't know if this is true but hangar 13 which is the developer behind the uh, recent mafia games and uh, the headline reads that the Mafia 4 is now in pre-production and will be developed in Un Unreal Engine 5. So, I've recently played through the uh, remake of uh, Mafia 1. I thought it was uh, a surprisingly good 
game experience. I think the story was just very well told, and uh, the game was like the gameplay was uh, great, not perfect, but um, definitely great and definitely served the story. I've only heard good things or, or good or bad things about Mafia 3. Like the story is also once again the highlight of the game, but the gameplay might be a bit um, buggy, and the open world is also a bit empty. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, the reason why I want to talk about this is uh, about this news is that I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm kind of a, a fan of the Mafia series at this point, and uh, them and and for the rumor to state that they will make the game in Unreal Engine Five, I think that's um, a wise choice. I think a lot of yeah, we we kind of see a lot of AAA studios or AA studios kind of move over to. Um, already established a game engine because I, I will only imagine that saves a lot of time and of course money so exciting uh, and it seems like we have to wait definitely a couple of years to hear more about the next installment of uh, Mafia which is, which is exciting for sure and uh, the next one is from uh, Nintendo and this is once again from Game Reactor and the headline reads that the Nintendo kind of Nintendo explains why the Legend of Zelda Tears of Kingdom will be $70 instead of $60 and this is um, from an interview with uh, AP News where the uh, CEO Doc Bowser kind of explains why and uh, this is a quote that the article has referenced so I'll just read so we look at what the game has to offer. I think fans will find it find find this uh, an, an incredible, full, deeply immersive experience. The price point reflects the type of experience that fans can expect when it comes to playing this particular game. This price isn't point. This this is a price point that will that will necessarily this oh, sorry this isn't a price point that we will necessarily have on all our titles. It's actually a fairly common pricing model either here or in Europe or in other parts of the world. Well, the pricing may vary depending on the game itself. So, I think I guess the good news is that seventy dollars wouldn't be the uh, the go-to price point moving forward with all Nintendo first-party games. And it seems like the reason for exactly a particular seller to to kind of be this price point is that they feel that the game is so full of content and uh, it's. Uh, I guess like it, it's way more than they've ever done for a game, and I think that's good news. To, of course, for gamers that we will get a lot of, it sounds like a lot of content with the next Zelda game, and yeah, honestly, even Breath of the Wild I think was so packed with uh, content, so I I definitely don't mind the uh, the bit steeper price point for the upcoming game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, while I'm here, I'll just yeah. So I can see on the game director side as well that the release date for Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom will be on the 12th of May. So very soon. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. And yeah, also um. No, I I, I don't think I should say this. Say this. Um, never mind. Moving on. Alright, this is once again from Game Director. The headline reads that uh, this is a rumor, but that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart could soon be uh, heading to PC. And um, this is uh, based on, on a, I guess, kind of recent 
job posting uh, over at the Nexus uh, studio, which kind of uh, hints that they are working on porting the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart game over to PC. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's good news for PC players. I think uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is such a wonderful game. It's uh, it's highly polished. It's uh, so much fun to play. The story is uh, simple and and cute, and um, there's like a lot of funny characters in the game. So if this is the case, I think uh, PC gamers have a very good time to look forward to. And uh, it's I think it's nice for Sony to really put a lot of their first party games on the PC. Um, I think I think that's uh, very good, and it really seems like the uh, uh, I guess for my P uh, PC uh, listeners out there, they they probably already know this uh, knew this for for a long time. But as as times goes on, and um, as Microsoft and PlayStation keep keeps releasing their first party games on PC, it seems like PC is like the 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 optimal place to. To be, if you want to be a gamer. Uh, but, uh, but personally, I'm I'm definitely not at that point where I'm thinking about investing in in in, in a PC. Maybe in uh, five, ten years, we'll have to see. But right now, I'm I'm more than satisfied with my PlayStation. And uh, if anything, I, I I would consider buying an Xbox as the as the next thing, not a PC. But um, yeah, that was like a. Yeah, that was just like a side try. Let's get, let's move on with the news. All right, let's see here. Um, all right, this is uh, now we're moving over to Microsoft territory, and this is once again from Game Director. The headline reads that Starfield is now playable from beginning to end. And this is a bit of old news because it, as of as of uh, this article was released, we didn't knew about a release date for Starfield, which we do now, which is the sixth of September this year. But um, for a game to be able to be played from beginning to end is uh, usually that means like the game has kind of reached past a very important milestone for the development. So it's just nice to hear that things are going well with Starfield and there's like momentum and also now that we know the game is going to be out in September it seems like like Bethesda Studios have to to kind of do whatever they can with these uh, last months to really polish up the game for it to be released on Xbox and um, yeah the game is going to be exclusively for Xbox consoles and you can also get it on PC, but uh, there will be no way for you to get it on a PlayStation console, unfortunately. And uh, if you ask me, I'm 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 interested to to see the reviews and and kind of see actual gameplay from the game. But personally, I'm not that excited for the game, so I I'm, I'm not like too jealous that it's a Xbox exclusive. So, yeah. All right, let's move on. And this 
News is once again from GameRector. The headline reads that uh, this is a rumor, but Ubisoft is working on a Far Cry 7 and a Far Cry multiplayer project. And this is once again from an insider called Tom Henderson. He seems to be a pretty credible insider. Um, but uh, he also says that... Um, so, so the Far Cry 7 right now has a code name called Project Blackbird and uh, the multiplayer Far Cry game will be set in Alaska Alaska, and the code name for that project is uh, Maverick and uh, it seems like the uh, multiplayer game will be uh, inspired by a game called Escape from Tarkov I guess that's like a PC exclusive game so far and um, I haven't played it but I've I think I understand it's, it's, it's a very realistic um, first person shooter where I guess every bullet counts. I'm not sure, but yeah, I um, I used to be a big Far Cry fan. I'm a big fan of Far Cry Three. Played and completed Far Cry Four as well, and I've been recently I've been playing a bit of Far Cry Five with uh, one of my friends. And um, very recently, Ubisoft also announced that they actually released a, a frame rate boost for the PS5 version of uh, Far Cry Five. So that's really nice. So I might actually go back to Far Cry 5 and um, try to complete it with my friend. We'll have to see. Um, so so yeah, it's it's kind of like I like Far Cry, um, the Far Cry series. For me, it's more the problem that I, I for me it feels like every time a new installment gets released, it it looks and feels like it's very similar to the past games, and it's also usually released in a in a time where I feel like there's a lot of other better game options but I'm always kind of um, excited when they announce a new Far Cry just to see uh, which setting it will be because I think the setting of these games are also one of the main characters and and, and one of the most attractive points about consider investing and, and buying uh, another Far Cry game so if you're a Far Cry fan, I guess this is really good news uh, for you. And on to the last news of this month, or this, uh, this uh, episode of the GameSpeak. And this is uh, once again from Game Reactor. And the headline reads that uh, our PlayStation teasing a new PS, uh, a new Uncharted game for a PS5. And this is based on, um, on a recent live action commercial from PlayStation and maybe some of you might might have seen this one if you've been to the cinema recently or on the internet but the um, the overall concept for this commercial is that there's like a, you see a lot of news reporting from around the world where the, the news station itself is like I guess a PlayStation centered company um, even the desk is like just a PS5 but then the video comes to different reporters around the world where uh, there's like basically a lot of um, references to previous release games such as um, God of War, Ragnarok, we see Horizon Forbidden West, so a lot of you know uh, popular uh, PlayStation IPs. And this, uh, so in this commercial, we also see uh, Spider Man like uh, just kind of uh, just quickly swing by. Uh, but in this commercial, we also for five seconds we see uh, a young. Um, and, and and before I, I continue, this is a mild spoiler for Uncharted 4, if you haven't played the game. So, if you haven't played the game, um, skip ahead, or just uh, 
pretend uh, and just pretend that the episode is over. Um, anyways, um, but um, in the commercial we see five seconds uh, a girl, a young girl, walking through a cave, and uh, it seems very much uncharted like. So the question is that will the next uncharted follow a female protagonist? And if you played Uncharted Four, you will. So so I'm not going to spoil it. But if you played the fourth game, you you definitely know what I'm trying to hint at, and um, I think it will be interesting to see um, if 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 that is the direction that they're gonna take. And from our uh, another interview with Naughty Dog, I think it's from Neil Druckmann as well. I think he also stated that the studio have kind of officially moved on from the Uncharted series, so I don't think it's gonna be Naughty Dog that's gonna develop the next Uncharted game. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see which which other PlayStation first party studio that's gonna develop the next Uncharted game if this teaser turns out to be true. I think I've also read like on the somewhere on the internet um from an insider uh, once again that PlayStation are planning on having a very big state of play around May, June, so around the time that E3 usually happens. And it's been a while since they've done one of these, where they really kind of give the players a, a kind of a good look into the future, what the future holds, because at this point, we only know that Spider-Man 2 is going to be out, and uh, some and, and, and the voice actor for, for Venom, he's... Uh, He's been on Twitter and kind of saying that the game will be out in September this year, which is very exciting. And we also know that Insomniac Game, which is the one that de- that's developing Spider-Man games, are also working on a uh, Wolverine, the Wolverine title that's going to be out next year. And that's actually the two only first-party games that we know that's coming out. And and what's and what's ahead in, like in the future for PlayStation, we don't know. And it's so weird. I, I think it's it's been a it's been a while since we've been in this situation where we don't really know the next big AAA first party games from PlayStation. So yeah, we hope that uh, we we will very soon found out or find out about or at least learn more about the plans that PlayStation have for players. And with that, I will now end the episode. And once again, thank you so much for for listening for your continued support it means everything i really hope if you're a new listener or if you just know listener as well i hope that you enjoyed what you've uh, heard today and um, if you did please please consider subscribing to the show or leave a nice review for the show on apple podcast or castbox or spotify those same places you can also subscribe to the show so you'll so that you never miss a new episode of the game speak and as always if you have any questions feel free to submit them on my castbox page and i will make sure to answer them on the next episodes of the game speak and with that i wish you all a very nice day week or whatever it might be when you listen to this episode take care of yourself play some games just uh, uh yeah be happy uh, eat some delicious food watch watch movies and uh, so on and uh, yeah stay safe up there and um i'll see you on the next episode of the game speak bye